today on Better News Radio with Pastor Ricky Elcantan. Peter wants us to see that to be gospel-centered means to utterly reject the foundation that the world builds on and the pattern the world builds on around us. We do not adjust to the pattern of the world around us. We don't borrow some of its foundation. We don't borrow some of its pattern. We utterly and wholly reject it because we are building a new thing in a new way on Jesus. Open God, oh my soul. He is strong and he is strong to save. Open God, he's a rock in your hiding place. He's a mighty fortress. As many of you already know, the foundation of a building is the most vital aspect of a structure that keeps a building secure. You can't build up on a weak structure because it will either crumble immediately or in time it will come crashing down. In our teaching today, Pastor Ricky will be explaining that the only way we can really grow into mature Christians is if we tear up the foundation the world has laid in our lives and replace it with Jesus. Only Jesus can sustain your life and keep you secure. Now let's join Pastor Ricky for part one of his message entitled Cornerstone. 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning in verse 4. As you come to him, meaning Jesus, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture. Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and it was marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. What is the thing that separates what we are building from anything else in the world. Peter, in verses 4 and 5, lays out the idea that coming to Christ means coming to be part of his building project. You can't follow Jesus without following him into what he's doing, which is building the church. But we're going to ask the question, what is Jesus' relationship to this building? And verses 6, 7, and 8 lay out very clearly Jesus' relationship to the church is that he is the cornerstone. Today, we're going to spend our whole message on this word, cornerstone. And the big idea today is simple. With Christ, our cornerstone, we build with him as our foundation and our pattern. 
To have Christ as our cornerstone means that he is the foundation of everything we do and the pattern for everything we do. We build differently today, but in the ancient world, the cornerstone was the first and keystone placed kind of in the foundation of the building. It was special and it was important and it played two roles. The first role is that it was the foundation. It started the foundation. So they couldn't just, you know, pour a concrete slab, right? So what they would do is they would clear an area, they would place on one of the corners a stone and that stone would be the pattern for the rest of the whole foundation and it would be the pattern as they built up as well. It determined everything about the building. It did, I mean, that stone, if you put it this way, the building faces this way, right? If you move it, the building faces this way. If you put it backwards, it's facing the wrong way. If it's made of bad building materials and you think, okay, well, we'll start it that way, it's gonna continue and the building will be shot. Whatever building material you used for the cornerstone is gonna be repeated throughout the rest of the building. It is both the foundation where the whole building sits on it and it's the pattern for everything else in the building. Jesus and his work are our foundation and our pattern. But Peter is concerned because he's concerned that the church will begin to build on something other than the cornerstone. So he's zealous to remind them that when you encounter Jesus, there's only two ways to go. Either you become part of his building project, you follow him, you turn your life over to him, you build on the cornerstone, or you reject him. There's a contrast. Peter wants us to see that to be gospel-centered means to utterly reject the foundation that the world builds on and the pattern the world builds on around us. We do not adjust to the pattern of the world around us. We don't borrow some of its foundation. We don't borrow some of its pattern. We utterly and wholly reject it because we are building a new thing in a new way on Jesus. We face a constant temptation to build on something else in the church. We, we can begin building on good advice instead of on Jesus. We can start building on a certain practice of what our families should look like, whether we should have all of our kids go to a private Christian school or go into public schools and be missionaries or stay at home and be unspoiled homeschoolers or whatever. We can build churches around these things, these practices. We can start building on a political or a social philosophy. Peter says, no. Christ alone. We also face a constant temptation to pattern ourselves after something other than Jesus. We want to be successful business people. We see people that we want to be in the pattern of, and then we pursue that with our lives. Or we want to be cool singles people that have a lot of followers on Instagram, and so we start buying those clothes and going to those places, right? We, we want to be model parents or families that other people look at, and when their kids get out of the minivan, they get out in a little orderly little line, and they wait for their mom to come around to the side of the car, rather than running into the parking lot at Target. We build ourselves on some other pattern. Peter says there should be no time that anything at the foundation of our lives, our church, our mission, is anything else but Jesus Christ. And there should be at no time anything exerting more force over the pattern of our lives than Jesus Christ. And to reinforce this, Peter references three Old Testament passages. And each of the quotations 
is a contrast. In each of the passages, God's people were tempted to put their faith and their confidence in something other than God and to pattern themselves after something else. So the first quote is from Isaiah 28. And in that context, God's people were making, Isaiah says, they were making lies their refuge. They were tempted to trust in other gods or other world powers, but God says, no, trust me, I will be the cornerstone, your cornerstone of a new and renewed people. But if you don't, you will stumble. The next quotation in Psalm 118, verse 22, there's a contrast between taking refuge in man or taking refuge in the Lord. But as Israel trusts the Lord, the Lord will make them a cornerstone of his work in the world. And the last passage is Isaiah 8, 14. And actually, Peter doesn't include the very first part of the quote, which, which actually says that either God will be to them a sanctuary or a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. And the thing that determines whether God's a sanctuary or a stone of stumbling is whether they fully put their trust in him. Now, we know, though, that all of these promises made to Israel or for Israel, Israel failed to live up to. They didn't trust. They did make, refuge, make lies their refuge. They did trust in other things, just like each of us. I mean, isn't this the story of our lives apart from Christ? That we, we run into Jesus. Perhaps this had happened to you before you were saved. You ran into Jesus and your initial reaction wasn't, oh yes, give me Jesus. It was, I don't want somebody to tell me how to live my life. And you stumbled over the message. That's where each of us would be apart from God. But the good news is that these passages were fulfilled in Jesus. Jesus obeyed where we could not obey. And because of that, by dying in our place and being raised to new life, Jesus becomes the cornerstone of a new humanity, a new people, a renewed mission in the world. And those Old Testament passages are echoed in the way that we're supposed to build in the New Testament. Um, in 1 Corinthians, Paul lays out how he built churches. And listen to this. He says this, and I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not implausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. He said, when I came to you, what I preached as the foundation of my message wasn't some good advice, some awesome philosophy. It was Jesus alone. And the way that I preached it, the pattern, according to me, preaching it wasn't dazzling. It wasn't flashy in the eyes of the world. The pattern was, well, it looked like Jesus. It was simple. It was strength in weakness. So here's what this means for us today, friends. We must constantly keep in mind as a church that we are building something utterly unlike anything in the world. If, if we are not building carefully, we will begin to mix in 
the world's philosophies or patterns or systems of thought into our foundation or into our pattern. And Peter says, no, God is doing something brand new. So I want to lay out today a paradigm of how we do ministry and what this means for us. I think we have a slide on this. So I'm going to walk through three levels of how this shapes us. And do we have the one with the concentric circles, AJ? Do you know? Yes. So I want to lay this out. I'm going to lay out kind of from the perspective of a disciple as an individual, then as a community, and then outward into our mission, how this changes everything for our lives, for this church, and for our mission, okay? So first, what does this do for us as disciples? Well, as disciples of Jesus, as followers of Jesus, the foundation of our Christian life and our pattern for the Christian life is found in Jesus. Let's talk about the foundation first. I was talking to my friend, uh, Chris Dawkins, who planted a church in the suburbs of Peoria, Phoenix. And he said one of the difficulties is that in his suburban community, lots of people go to church a little. Lots of people are a little committed to Jesus, and lots of people are a little involved with some kind of church community. But as a whole, everyone kind of falls into the same pattern of what everybody else looks like. They're, your kids go to a nice charter school. Charter schools are big out there. There's lots of youth sports. Your kid's good at those. And then there's church programs on the weekend. And so you have the, the dad has a white collar, uh, rapidly upwardly mobile job. And the mom either does what she wants to or takes care of the kids or has her own job. And they're both upwardly mobile and they're constantly shuttling their kids to youth activities. And then on the weekend, what everyone does is they go to a big church with big programs, put their kids in there as some kind of cultural enrichment. And then they go back to their lives on Monday. And his biggest challenge, he says, is convincing people that suburbia is not Christianity. That the foundation of their lives can't be living the same lifestyle everyone else around them does. And the pattern of their lives can't be the same pattern everyone else follows. What is the foundation of our Christian lives? Well, Paul lays it out so clearly in 1 Corinthians 15. Verse one, he says, now I would remind you brothers of the gospel I preached to you, which you received in which you stand and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain, for I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. The foundation of our Christian life the foundation of our life in general must be this, not ourselves, but Jesus. Not what we want, but who Jesus is and what he's done. Listen to what is not of first importance. Good works are not of first importance in our lives. What we do to get right with God, no, 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 that's, that's, that's beside the point. Not good deeds that we are social do-gooders, that are nice people. Jesus was a nice guy, and so we want to be nice people too. No, it's not good luck either that, that church gives us kind of some connection to spirituality. It's not good advice that the Bible has wisdom for life. Fundamentally, the foundation of our Christian life is good 
news. It is not about what we can do or should do or will do. The foundation of our Christian life is not anything about us. It is about Jesus and what he's done. Jesus lived the life we could not live. He died the death we deserve to die. And when he died, he suffered for our sins so that we could be restored to God. And he rose again to new life so we could have new life in him. And in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says, it is in this message in which we stand. It is not just a door. The gospel of Jesus Christ is not just a door to enter the Christian life. It is the foundation of everything we do. We never move on from it. So let me ask this question. What is the foundation of your life? You know how you get at that? By asking this question, what's the best news in the world to you? What is the best news in your life right now? Or what would be the best news in your life? What's that thing you can't wait to hear? Is it that moment where you're finally no longer single and you set out wedding invitations? Is it that moment where you're finally financially successful? Is that moment where you're totally ripped and your Instagram of your shirtless self, some guy gets a million likes? What is the foundation of your life? What's the best news that you could hear? Is it two kids and a nice house and a cool dog and money from movies on the weekends? Jesus turns the foundation of our lives upside down. Friends, we were hanging over the precipice of hell and now we're just waiting for glory in eternity. That there could not be a greater contrast between where we were going and where we're going now. And this changes everything. In cancer and pain and hurt and storms and hard seasons and happy seasons, the foundation of our lives is Jesus. And this is why, I want to draw some implications here for our church. This is why we care about studying the Bible and prayer. This is why we don't just want you to come and sit in a seat on Sunday and hear somebody talk. We want you to get in the Bible. We want you to commune with the Lord yourself. Why? Because when you do that every day, you are regrounding yourself in the foundation of your Christian life. You are reminding yourself that this is the foundation of your reality. This is why we care about worship and prayer. In worship and prayer, we commune with God. We relate to him. When we sing songs like the songs we've sung today, that he is a strong tower or that he is a cornerstone. When we sing truth about God, it regrounds us that God and Christ and his work are the foundation of our lives. And I'll say this, this is why we at Cross of Grace care about doctrine. Uh, sometimes I hear people say, can't we just love Jesus? Why do we have to have a doctrinal statement? Why do we have to have a new members class where we have to learn things that the church believes? Doctrine is so divisive. We should just open wide the doors and let everybody believe whatever they want and just come in. But friends, here's the reality. Caring about theology and doctrine guards the foundation of our Christian life. We set boundaries of what the, the foundation of our faith should look like, and we're very careful when, when it begins to, well, to be influenced by things that creep into the foundation. That's why it matters. It's our foundation, but it's also our pattern in our daily Christian lives. Uh, our salvation is grounded in Christ. Our sanctification continues in Christ. We are disciples of Jesus, followers of Jesus, because of all that Jesus has done for us. And in light of this, we abandon everything. We leave our nets and we follow 
Jesus, as Jonathan was preaching last week. There is a constant conforming of our lives to the pattern of Jesus. It it affects everything about us. The way we think about our free time and our money and our relationships and our jobs and our families, everything. And we're patterned counterintuitively. See, the world prizes strength and power and being impressive. But the pattern of our lives is utterly different. It's the life of Christ. Our Christian lives are not spent trying to get strong and powerful and elevated and noble. Our pattern is Jesus who went to the cross for the joy set before him so that as we go through our Christian lives, we get weaker and weaker and less notable so that Christ can get bigger and bigger and more powerful and more known. What is exerting the most force on your life right now? What pattern is influencing you the most? Is it Jesus? Is it the pattern of Jesus? And let me make one comment here. This is also why we at Cross of Grace Church care about the Spirit of God. Jesus did his ministry in the power of the Spirit, and he promised that it would be better for him to go so that the Spirit could come to us. And then in Acts 2, we see the fulfillment of that promise. We see the Spirit fall on all the believers to empower them to live the life the way that Jesus lived life. To be gospel-centered for us, friends, means to be Spirit-empowered. To be a follower of Jesus means to follow Jesus in living in the power of the Spirit. We see Jesus as our foundation and our pattern. Let's talk about our community now, our community. Now, as we talked about last week, coming to Christ means coming to his work of building the church. Uh, You can't follow Jesus without following Jesus into his work of building But what is the foundation of our community as a church? Well, Paul lays it out in Ephesians chapter 2. He says this, But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one, and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. Now, Paul is speaking into the the, the, the tension between Jews and Gentiles, and there was no greater cultural chasm in the first century than that between Jews and Gentiles. Religiously separated, culturally separated, what they ate separated, how they lived life separated, what clothes they wore separated, what occupations they had separated. And Paul is saying, in Christ, not only did God reconcile us vertically, but also horizontally such that the foundation of our community is Jesus. The foundation of our unity is Jesus.
First Peter is one of those hard-hitting books in the Bible intended to shake us to the core. In this series, Pastor Ricky will be sharing messages entitled The Counter-Cultural Christian Community and The Time is Short and many more. Each one of these messages will bring insight into specific areas in the Christian life. You've been listening to Better News Radio, the radio ministry of Pastor Ricky Alcanta of Cross of Grace Church in El Paso, Texas. CD copies of today's study are available when you email us at radio at betternewsradio.com. That's radio at betternewsradio.com. Today's message, as originally presented at Cross of Grace Church, can be downloaded from our website at www.betternewsradio.com. If you can't get to your computer to download or place an order, you can always call us at 915-562-7100. We'll be happy to help you. Again, the number to call is 915-562-7100. Perhaps today's message was exactly what you're looking for in a church. If you don't have a home church and you sense God is calling you to walk in obedience to Him by being a part of the body of believers, please join us for worship Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. Community groups of believers also meet throughout the week in many locations around the city for Bible study, fellowship, and prayer. For more information, including driving directions, visit betternewsradio.com. We hope to see you soon. Music heard here on Better News Radio is courtesy of Sovereign Grace Music. Pastor Ricky will continue sharing messages from his series in the book of 1 Peter next time on Better News Radio.